Shine the light on those who are, you know, very talented. Shine the light. Shine the light. Because now we are in the time where you need to build an education, sport education. We should be able to identify some of these talents and then we groom them. Well, that was a great one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been enjoyable. This is amazing. I hope that it would inspire many people. That's what we try to do with the podcast. Hello and welcome to In The Game, Qatar's first sports podcast. And today, 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 we have an amazing guest and is not a new guest to us. We've done so much, our history together. I remember the first one where we were we were having an interview with Ahmed. Ahmed Shahrani. Yeah. yeah. And and I remember because he had a wonder, I won't say a wonderful story, but he was he, like, he overcome so many different hurdles. It was un- unbelievable. 100%, yeah. Like um, I met him through the... Uh, Qatar East West uh, 90k race, uh, the the race that brought me uh, so many friendships, and uh, I know um, I met a lot of amazing people through that race, and Ahmed was one of them. But his his story is just incredible. It is in- incredible. He he is an amazing person. I mean, we 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 became friends after that. Uh, I'm not sure how he feels about this, but <laughs> but we became friends after after the race, and we've been in touch uh, since then. Um, he has a he has a great uh, a great story, and it would be good if you can put the episode uh, uh, maybe in the comments or something yeah, for people definitely. for people to see because it was a really good one. It was a good one. Yeah. But but the great thing about it is you, you were with him. Okay, and and I was trying to think what is going to be your story. But as the interview, because I was coming to you and I was going to introduce you and we were going to talk about. And then it came out that you'd only learned how to swim (laughs) one month before. And now you were going into open water. Um, I'm not I'm not a lot better than I was three years ago. (laughs) <laughs> some would say uh, i just came from a swimming session uh, now actually um it's 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 one of my least favorite activities but it's something that i have to do so <laughs> it's it's you you are you've got an incredible story and your your whole thing the way that you're building your communities especially from a fitness perspective because you've got people that's been with you for years now yep. and and from where they they were to where they are now they're pretty much athletes too um, I mean, th- this is kind of a big part of my uh, coaching philosophy. I, I, I don't want to say big words, but uh, every coach has his own approach and his own philosophy. And uh, a big part of mine is uh, I believe that uh, in every one of us there is um, an athlete. And um, you don't have to be a full-time athlete to be called an athlete. You don't have to be a pro. Um, you can be an athlete 30 minutes a day. You can be an athlete, you know, 15 minutes a day or two hours a day, whatever, whatever you know, what the sport you're doing. Um, because I, I, I believe that being an, um, an athlete and having that sm- as a small part of your daily routine really disciplines you and it gives you that kind of uh, commitment um, that you need and the connection with yourself that you need uh, to then carry with you throughout your your day so and many people who have been doing sports for a long time I think would agree with me you will hear this a lot like 
if I don't train uh, in the day, I feel like kind of grumpy. I, you know, I feel like uh, something is missing. So it is that kind of little, you know, fuel that that gives you that kind of uh, bits of happiness that you can carry with you throughout the day. I. It's been nearly four years. Three years, three, three, three years. Three years. I guess. So it's been three years that I've known you, and the one thing that's always stood out with me is is the way that you build communities and your social media because you are fantastic. And the best one that I love so far, well, not so far, but the one that I like, and I I was in fits of laughter is is when you done the picture with you and your your love of your life in bed with you, right? <laughs> Now that sounds really bad. Okay, you need to explain. It, exactly. It was your bike. The bike. Yeah, the bike was in bed with you. It, it's it's like, but your community has just gone from strength to strength. Uh-huh. Well, you know, like uh, uh, um, as um, a cyclist you know that i do obviously i do triathlons and the cycling is a big part of triathlons um so you tend to have kind of a special relationship with your bike you know over over time um you know because because the amount of time you spend with your bike has been technically you spend more time with the bike than you spend with any other human you know if i'm on the bike like 10 hours a week that's that's, that's significantly more than i spend with my best friend right <laughs> so even you got to take care of it and from time to time weird things happen like you buy a new bike and then you take a picture of the bike in bed but the the community and it was a, a fantastic one i i love your i love your social media i do love your social media appreciate it. um but let's let's talk about those communities that you're building especially um the one that's coming up very soon the east to west race mm -hmm. that is just incredible do you want to tell people about what you're doing uh, yeah, so um, uh, so coaching is obviously my, my full-time job, but uh, we also um, organize uh, running races or let's say endurance races. Um, our team is called Qatar Ultra Runners. It's me and uh, two other uh, good friends, Hamza and Hesham. Um, so uh, we've been we've been organizing races since 2018 officially. Uh, it started. It all started with the Qatar East West, and which is maybe you you be, you've been hearing more about it now that it's coming up in about uh, nine days. Yeah, it's on the the sixth, right? Sixth it's on of the sixth of January, Friday, the sixth of January. Um, usually, it's the first weekend of December, but because of the World Cup, we had to move it to uh, beginning of uh, January. Um, and I always say, like. People always ask me, how did you uh, create uh, Qatar East West? And and I think it we didn't create it. It kind of it created us because um, it was an it was all an idea back in 2017. Uh, one of our uh, friends um, did. He was training for a long uh, ultra event in Europe and he did Qatar East West for uh, training, yeah. like a 90 kilometer run for training. Um, uh, his name is Steven Vogel, um, German uh, runner. And, uh, and, then, and then we heard about it from him and then we decided you know what, maybe this could be fun. We, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. At this point, we all were like uh, beginner runners and... Um, <coughs> And the idea of running a 90k was just like it was something out of our world. Like we've never done this before. We've never even heard about it before. Like we know that there are 5k races, 10k races, half marathons, and full marathons. And we 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 hadn't even done any full marathons at this point. So. Um, 
so when we heard about the 90k or like that that kind of distance we started to learn more about the ultra distance uh, world uh, which is obviously uh, anything longer than a full marathon so it goes between anywhere between 50 kilometers to hundreds of miles um so um so this this is all new to us so we're excited like okay maybe we can we can give it a shot uh obviously not knowing what we're signing up for yeah um and as we as we started to like you know obviously talk about it and prepare for it um other people because we're part of running communities um so other people started to hear about the challenge and they were like oh you know like maybe i could i could do that and uh, some people had already done some ultras before so this to them was not um new uh, but the exciting part is actually running from one side of the country to the other country to the other side yeah. you know so it's which is something because because the size of qatar you know like it's it's not something that you can do in many countries in the world so it's 90 kilometers from the east to the west so many people were like oh actually that would be cool it's so like even though they've done longer distance before some other people were like us like they were also new to the whole concept so so we ended up having maybe that was 2017 we ended up having um 25 people uh on um, i don't remember the exact day but it was a friday at the end of december uh, 2017 um and we kind of like everybody's just out there you know having fun and doing yeah. doing something exciting for the first time um exciting is a word that i wouldn't spit wouldn't spring to mind with me because okay let's the unofficial the first time you did it unofficially how many people took place um, exactly 25 people 25 yeah 25 everybody must have thought you were crazy everybody thought all the 25 were crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and, and just let's fast forward because it's your fifth race now yeah let's fast forward it how many's taking part in it now um so far we've got about 600 people registered uh, for this year last year we had 650 and let's put that into perspective how many people do we have um taking part in the marathon this year uh, and the marathon is a bit different because you have five and ten k races okay. in the marathon so yep. that attracts a lot of a lot of uh, people but just for the marathon uh, i'm not sure about the exact number for the marathon but i think redo redo event uh, throughout all its distances i think it attracts about between 2000 and 2500 people Whoa. so yeah. there's a lot of fitness people here it, it is yeah it is and and this is a good thing about the short distances like the 5 and 10k because because if it, if you tell somebody let's run 90k that's a bit you know intimidating but if you if you if you say let's run 5k that maybe yeah they, it's 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 a little bit you know feasible yeah you know so um, and this is a good thing about about these other races because it's kind of all builds up um and then you you go and you do your first 5k like let's say it's a redo you know um in the redo marathon uh, so you do like 5k and then you you meet someone who's who did a 10k so you finish your 5k you're out of breath and you're at the finish line and then you meet somebody who did just did it did the double the distance you just yeah. finished and like oh how, how is that you know and then they talk to people and then something one thing leads to another and then before you know it you're part of this community that then pulls you further and further and then out of nowhere you become a long distance runner why i said this was not to give um to take the the spotlight out for what you're doing mm -hmm. why i said it was because what you've achieved 600 people that are going to run from east to west mm -hmm. which is a long long way yep 
and there's going to be friendships that are being that are going to come together. Mm -hmm. People meeting at the start of the race, and and helping each other through that race. It's phenomenal with what you've done so far. Um, well, uh, one thing about ultra running is um, I, I I don't consider obviously I don't consider myself as an ultra runner yet because of um, I'm I'm focused on like Ironman uh, half Ironman distances at the moment, uh, but I'm pretty close to the ultra ultra running world. Um, and uh, one thing about it is it's very 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 um, accommodating because every runner who's now running 90k and 100k's and things like that they remember their first run and they remember how hard it is to 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 finish a 5k your first 5k and your first 10k and then and then when you go to ultra running world you know sky is the limit like it doesn't matter how long you're running there's always somebody running more than you and there's always somebody running maybe double what you're what you're doing so it really keep, keeps you humbled and you always feel like it doesn't matter how much you can do you're still not there yet so uh, and this is why it's accommodating because you can relate to somebody who's just starting and and when you start in that world you will find a lot of a lot of support you'll find a lot of people uh like there is no ego in ultra running because you know because you're out there for hours and hours and hours and it really humbles you when you've been on the road for like 10 hours or so 10 running, hours you know like yeah, our our race is fifteen hours long. So so some people actually so we give people fifteen hours to finish the race. So um, some people actually finish in finish in fourteen hours and fifty five minutes. Like they finish five minutes before the cut of time. You know, so like imagine you start at a certain point at five in the morning and then you're on the road until eight p.m. So that this is your entire day on the road. You know. And the good, the, the, I wouldn't say the good, like the fast runners, uh, they finish in six hours, 55. The course record now is uh, six hours, 56 minutes, which is pretty, pretty fast. Uh, so, so you have you have all the spectrum, you know, like from somebody who's who's done by like, you know, noon time and like now they've you've they've had lunch and showered and went back home and probably went out again. And someone who's still halfway at, by this point, you know. So it's 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 a it's a big world and um, and what I love about this race specifically is that we have uh, individual runners and we have team runners. Okay, so there are some people who sign up to run the entire distance by themselves. Other runners, uh, they sign up as a team. Like if you cannot do the full ninety k, that doesn't mean you cannot participate. So you can sign up uh, for the race in a team of up to six people. Okay, and then you can divide the distance between you. So the shortest distance is about 11 kilometers and the longest one is about 22 and a half kilometers. Um, so you have somebody who's struggling to finish 10K at the start line with someone who is going to finish the 90K in seven hours or six hours. Okay, so this is like when you hear... When you hear about somebody running a 90k, you feel like if you're not if you're not in that part of that world, you will feel like this is something out of the world. Like this is not possible. How does he do it? You know, like you think that this person came from like the moon or came from Mars to do, to to do this. Yep. But actually, when you started when you when you stand at the start line, next to them, and you can see them, and he. He's just another guy, you know. You know what I mean. He has a family. He has a full-time job. He has 
you know he has every, the whole package that maybe you all you also have you know and and so you start thinking okay maybe this is not impossible maybe this is something that i too can do i love your groups i love your teams the teams were were fantastic because it brings back when i see the images coming back because i haven't participated in this mm-hmm. running it's not my favorite <laughs> but when when you see these guys and they're all eager egging people on come on you can do that come on come on you can do it and the people that finish that race earlier mm-hmm. right they're coming back and they're helping those people they give motivation to them to keep going i uh-huh. love i love this event it brings so many people together um uh, yeah i mean i mean we've this there's a good thing about another good thing about it is like you finish your race and that you don't finish the race and then take your bag and go home you know you you finish and you find if you go there around like 6 or 7 p.m you'll find the guys who finish that 12 and the finish at one are still there like they're hanging out there they're you know uh, talking to everyone helping everyone maybe going back and running a little bit with other yeah guys, I've seen that. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you know yeah so it doesn't it doesn't end but by the time you cross the finish line who's one of the favorites to win this one of my favorites who's no who's one of the favorites who's who's participating who do you think is going to win the race uh well um i mean no sitting on the fence <laughs> I have to. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I know you have to. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. So we've got uh, we've got a couple of strong strong runners, uh, and it, it it started to become a bit more competitive recently. Um, so we've got Nasruddin, who is a Tunisian. He's brilliant, right? Yeah, he is brilliant. <laughs> He's one of the favorites, yeah. you know, because he um, uh, he won the he won he won the race in 2019 and 20 um and uh, and then 20 21 he came in second missing the first um the first place by i think maybe four or five minutes um uh and uh, and the 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 guy who came in first was uh, like last year 2021 is uh, Mohsin um Mohsin he is uh, a moroccan uh, runner incredible runner um so so I mean to to have only like three or four minutes difference between the first and second place it shows how competitive the race is becoming, uh, and this is for the male race. The female races also become very very strong. You know, uh, in the in the beginning, uh, like two thousand maybe seventeen and nineteen, we didn't have uh, strong finishing times, but but recently they they have really picked up the pace, um, and uh, we have um, our um, Filipino ath- athlete. Uh, Rose. Yeah, I uh, see her all the time on the social media too. Of course you do. She's yeah. winning everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Roz, uh, uh, she came in first, I think, if if I'm not mistaken, the last three, three years, like 19, 20, and 21. Uh, she's she's incredible and one of these years she she ran the 90k she won the 90k and two weeks later she did a 50k uh, desert race called the uh, deep uh, and she won that race as well so she ran 90 and then 50 you know two weeks two weeks later um, uh, and then other great runners like um, uh, last year we had the uh, so I, I I don't I don't remember the exact uh, order, but we had Rose, and then we had Sarah, Talia, and then we had Jenny, um, an Irish uh, athlete as well. So this I uh, think I I think this were the top three females, and the times were pretty close, you know, to each other. So 
so on both male and female races they're becoming they're becoming um, a lot more uh, a lot stronger and a lot more competitive uh, which is something i love seeing personally because it shows that the, the race is achieving um its true purpose which is creating the opportunity for runners to kind of manifest what they do in training because it's like you're, you're providing a platform for all these runners to come and do something they're doing maybe for the first time you know and and they're becoming very good at it and you can see the numbers becoming better every every year and I, how do you manage with this type of thing islam I, I i know that your journey you've told us started with 25 now you're up to 600 I know that you're doing all the security, not security briefing, the health, the the things, the briefings uh-huh. at the start, and yeah. all the way the build up to that, so that you're 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 giving as much education as possible, and things they should do and shouldn't do, and and mm-hmm. advice and tips. What has that learning process been like with with you for for having running something like this to this scale now? Um, it's um, it's actually to me, it's very 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 um, interesting because. Um, as I said, the race created us, it, and that also means it gave us an opportunity to learn as well as or, and grow as organizers. Um, uh, so obviously, when you organize a race for 25 people or, or maybe um, 85 the second year, and now you have six and 700 people signing up, uh, the logistics involved are a lot, a lot more. The the team, uh, the size of the team. Uh, that uh, that is involved is a lot more so now we have um, about 60 or 70 volunteers you know the helping with the race while we were like only maybe 10 people you know the first the first year um, uh, we've got uh, so we work um, with the uh, Qatar Sports for All Federation uh, which is official sponsor for the race and uh, they have a massive team as well working behind all the logistics you know because um, normally in races you would have the start line and the finish line in the same place so people start from the start line they run the distance come back finish in the same place which is still not easy to organize but it's more i don't know manageable because everything happens in the same area yeah but with Qatar east west you start in one side of the country and you finish in the other side of the country um, now you can imagine how much logistics are involved in terms of like uh, the start and finish line installation uh, so these are two different lines you know uh, you, we've got five main uh, uh, feed zones and eight stations on the on the course, um, and each one of them provides you know uh, food, refreshments, snacks, uh, uh, all of that. And obviously, we have like a team of maybe ten people at every at every station, ten people and more at every station. Um, we've got uh, ambulances, we've got uh, police uh, support from uh, from the traffic uh, department, we've got. Um, like you know you you're running and then you have the first runner at the distance between the first and the last runner maybe 40 and up to 50 kilometers at some point so you're managing a massive area um uh, you need to make sure that everybody's going in the right direction you don't want somebody to get lost you don't want somebody you know to you know to take a, um, a wrong turn or something um so all these logistics, like, you know, it, it, it's been a very interesting uh, learning curve for, for all of us. And obviously, like, throughout that journey, you make small mistakes here and there. Uh, luckily, we, like, luckily, we've, like, any, any, any mistakes that happened in the, in the past, were be, we were able to, you know, uh, fix them and learn from them and make them better uh, the, ne- the next year. So I think one, one, 
a very helpful thing that we do uh, that helps us really manage the race is actually after we finish everything now we say okay let's say that we are running the race like imagine the three of us are running the race from the start to the finish i want to see the, the the experience from the runner's point of view not from the organizer's point of view now as an organizer you think that everything is okay but is everything actually okay now let's imagine okay here's the start line you arrive at four in the morning the race starts at five what is your experience going to be like from the minute from the minute you start at five with all the everything needs to be ready on time because runners are quite fast you know like you know you, you, like you've got runners running like 35 minute and 30 minute 10ks so that that's that's pretty fast you know um so you need to be always one step ahead of the runners you need to be an hour before before the runner so so aid stations okay let's say we're expecting the first runner to to um uh, reach this aid station at six in the morning then this station needs to be ready at 4 30 in the morning you know and then the next one is going to be ready but by seven like one or two hours before the first runner uh, arrives um so so like like visioning like try, trying to envision and see the race um uh see the race uh, from uh, from a runner's point of view really helps us uh, and this is uh, um i think i think the feedback we get every every time from runners uh right after the finish line like we, we have runners who've been who've done marathons all over the world you know like uh, Qatar, Qatari runners you know uh, international runners we, we have people coming from outside Qatar to specifically to do the race like we've got runners from Oman from uh, from Ukraine last year from um, uh, from Morocco uh, UK Switzerland we've got like people coming from different countries to do, to do the race now and and uh, I mean obviously I'm not I'm not I'm not bragging but the feedback we get a bit after the race like people say we felt like we've been we, we were taken care of you know the, the the whole time you know we always had somebody around us so we're lucky to have a great team to to be working with us our team is quite passionate uh, our team uh, because we come from a uh, running background, so we can relate to runners very much. It, you, you say that it's it's like you took a massive. I'm, I'm I'm jumping back to your story now. Is you took a massive risk because you're going to be an accountant. Oh yeah, I was actually uh, for five were, years. Yeah, yeah. You were an accountant, and then yeah. you looked up and you said, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm going into training." And now, what a magnificent career you've got. Oh yeah, I mean nothing, nothing against um, um, accountants, but it just it wasn't for me. Uh, I started accounting in college. Um, I was an accountant from 2013 until 2018, um, but uh, I felt like my life was not going in the right direction. I felt like um, I'm not the type of person that can sit in the office and uh, and deal with numbers the whole day. Um, uh, some people, some people enjoy that. Some people are really good at it. I was really, really bad at it. In saying that, so because I got a call this morning saying I'm going to be five minutes late. I'm yeah. really sorry because I'm I'm swimming right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so your life it seems pretty perfect. It's like, what are those things that bother you? What are those those negatives that you've got in your life is being a trainer for so many people, and <laughs> now you're doing these events. It it seems a perfect lifestyle for you. Uh, that's actually a good question. I mean, um, 
I would say it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, people always talk about, you know, uh, doing something that you love and following your heart and following your passion and all of that. And then people get the wrong idea that once you start doing something you love, your life is going to turn and, and, you know, into this amazing, perfect life. Um, I don't think it's ever it's ever like that. Like um, um, perfection is, is is unachievable, I guess, and otherwise it'll be a boring a boring life. And, and, and this is this one's for Hisham because when we used to do these podcasts, okay, uh-huh. he always used to comment and kind of say stuff. So Hisham, you know, one of his big problems this morning was <laughs> his hair. Okay, <laughs> one of his big problems this morning was his hair because he said to me, "Hey, listen, is my hair okay with these with this headset?" <laughs> So that's the problems that he's dealing with right now. But you're looking, you're looking like Mo Salah every day now. It's like, are you styling yourself on Mo Salah? I've been looking like this for a long time before he you. becomes uh, yeah. popular. So, so but I was just worried that the, the headphones are kind of pressing against my hair. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, people get to recognize me somehow, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, it's wonderful what you're doing. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, back back to your back to your question. Um, um, once you start doing something that you love, I think the main difference becomes uh, when things get hard, you have something to get you out of bed, you know? Um, because if you hate your job, if, you, if, you, if you're not happy with where you are in life at the moment, um, then it's, it's, it's pretty, it can be pretty hard to get out of bed every morning, you know? Like, and, and, I've, and I've been there, like, you know, the last two years of my accounting career were, like, horrible. I was really, like, pushing myself to get out of bed. I was... I was staying up super late because I feel like my job is consuming my life and now I don't have, you know, I'm not enjoying my job. So I got to enjoy something that would stay up late, not doing anything productive, but just up, you know, because it's kind of, maybe I was kind of like rebelling against, I guess my job, but I, I have to do it in the morning. So I get, I will, I go to bed at two in the morning. I get up at seven or six and not enough sleep. And then I have to, you know, fight through the day. So it was it was pretty challenging, you know. And then I oh, the, the main difference I noticed now is, um, even when my job gets busy like now, uh, there's so, there's something to get me out of bed in the morning, and uh, I actually enjoy being in this world, in this in industry, you know, like like surrounded by people that I can relate to, people that I can talk to and and have like a conversation like this about something that I'm passionate about right and so now it feels natural I'm, I don't have to smile to you because you're my boss or because you're my colleague I'm smiling because I want to smile and 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 because I'm I'm, I'm talking about something that makes me smile ah you're always smiling I every time I see you in a coffee shop and we sit down and have a coffee you're always smiling it's like <laughs> it, it it's it's beautiful I but I know I've known you over a few years now and you are this character you are this one that's that's building these communities that that are, that that people rely on them they rely on them and they, 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 it's part of their growth. Um, I mean, we're all part of each other's uh, journeys, really. Like, um, uh, I mean, it, some, some way or another, you're, you're, you're affecting people around you and uh, you're affected by them as well, you know. So um, I've had, I've had, I've coached people who are more committed than me. I've coached people who are, who are fitter than me. Like I've coached a couple of people to do the 90K. I cannot do the 90K, you know, now. I've never done it before, which is funny because people think every year people tell me like, Why, when are you going to run your own race? I'm like, never. <laughs> I mean, at some point I should do it, but uh, yeah, to be fair. But, but what I'm saying is, um, 
if you might look at it and say oh you're helping people or like but 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 at the same time i'm learning i'm learning a lot I'm, I'm, people are helping me a lot and i could have i could have never become a coach if um, if i didn't receive a lot of help you know in in, in the beginning of my career uh, when i quit my accounting job and I've, like i stayed with a friend for a couple of months because i couldn't pay rent you know like a friend gave me her car because because i didn't have a car like you know somebody lent me money that i didn't ask for it's it's like it's um it's like this you get, you get what you give really and um and 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 it's a it's a it's a cycle you know like uh, you help somebody somebody helps you and this is how this is how um life goes and this is how we improve um it's just some, sometimes we're we're too scared to ask for help because because we think that people are not going to help us but they're actually out of 10 people there are five that are going to be willing to help you and this is what happened with me in the beginning because i had no idea about coaching i had no idea about you know how to become a coach and then i talked to people around me who were coaches and obviously not everybody told me or gave me useful tips or something or if not everybody wanted to but some enough people wanted to and enough people actually give me the put me on the right path and then everything i'm doing now is because of advice because of an advice somebody gave me a couple of years ago no and that's the difference that's that's the difference that you're making making with you and all your team now let's go back to this east to west race yeah okay give us the tips give us not give us give give the people that are going to be participating in this what mm -hmm. should they be doing what what are the advice that you would be giving to them um okay so now we're, we're like uh, 10 10 days 10 days out of the race and uh my mom always used to say uh when i have an exam and like i'm trying to study like two days before the exam she's like oh, it's too late now <laughs> so any tips i'm gonna give now um is like there is no time to increase or improve your fitness at the moment to be to be to perform better but what you can do is um um, obviously like obviously like uh, if you want to do a 90k race then you you, you are ready a lo long time before that and you have a plan or you have a coach or whatever um so we can talk about that if we're like six months out of the race but now that that with the time that's left uh, this is what we call like uh, in running we call it uh, uh, tapering so tapering is basically bringing the, you, you've been training a lot a lot of volume and now this this last two weeks you start to bring your volume uh, training volume down and uh, try to run less mileage um so your body can recover from all the work that you've been doing uh, because you, you're training a lot so your recovery is quite you don't have enough time to recover and now you're training less so recovery is going to increase and uh, the better you manage this tapering uh, phase uh, the more you would be able to um, utilize the training you've done so you don't want to be running a lot all the way up to the race. Um, so there are different different ways to do that, uh, but mostly you want to bring your training load to maybe, I would say, the last week maybe to thirty percent of what you've been doing of your heaviest week. Um, and uh, my coach, because I have a coach as well, so she always she always says, uh, two weeks before the race, try not to do anything stupid, and. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, how did you know I'm going to do something stupid? <laughs> but anyway, so um, something stupid means like don't do something new that especially if you're training for such a long race that you've put a lot of effort and time and, you know, investment in it. Um, so uh, you don't want to be doing something you like if you haven't been doing like uh, 
strength training uh, a specific type of strength training like lifting heavy don't go now and lift heavy weights don't go and do high intensity session in, in a gym or like a group class don't do don't go now and do i know like if you're not a cyclist don't go and cycle now because you might fall and break your leg you know what i mean like uh like things that you're not used to and you're not comfortable with just try to avoid them you know some some pro athletes even take it to like an extreme level and say i avoid using knives and sharp things like the week before the race you know because you know something but that's a bit extreme like it's but it, it delivered the idea uh, make sure that you don't uh, do something extreme or you know um, um or like something different now for this remaining week um, so no knife throwing no knife throwing <laughs> no <laughs> no shotguns <laughs> it's it's incredible what are those is there things that you should be doing just before the rate like getting your body ready yeah yeah of course like so once tapering is is uh, is managed well uh, the I, the next step will be will be nutrition and nutrition we can talk about two parts the first part is the carb loading before the race um uh, so the carb loading is a very popular concept and or like a very popular term in uh, endurance training uh the the last couple of days before the race um depends on how long your race is you want to increase your carb intake um, a little bit so what i personally do is i just uh, add an extra carbohydrate portion to my to my uh, my meals uh like if i'm having one cup of pasta i would have two you know if i'm having like you know 50 grams of oats i would have maybe 70 or 80 in a meal um what you're trying to do is basically make sure that uh, uh, you have like glycogen level in your in your in your body is quite is um is high enough so you're not running on empty on the race day and then once you start to race uh, so this is the first part before before the race. Just don't overdo it because I remember that uh, one of my friends uh, back in 2018, um, he heard about the carb loading and he was like, he got really excited. And uh, and then he came to me there in the morning of the race and he was like, man, I don't think this carb loading thing is, is, is actually the right thing to do. I said, why? And he said, I've gained like three kilos. <laughs> I said, what? When did you? St- and he looked like he looked like he has gained you know, you know some weight since the last time I saw him a week ago, and I'm like, what? When did you start? He said, said I start like uh, ten days ago. I was like, oh my god, that that's that's a lot of time. And it was like eating pizzas and pasta. I'm like, I think you maybe didn't get this right. <laughs> so so you want to start like maybe like just two three days out of the race and. Uh, make sure you're just adding a little bit more carbohydrates to your obviously like people people are different like there is a whole like science be, behind that and you know it, it depends on your body your body weight you know like you, we can go into details but it's not the time uh, to bring that up um so just add a little bit more carbohydrates and then uh on the on the race day itself um m- managing your managing your um your nutrition is is crucial because um I mean, like I do, I do triathlons, and we say that people think triathlon is three sports. It's actually four. So it's swimming, cycling, running, and food, nutrition. Because if you're doing such a long event, um, you 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 need it's just like um, a car that keep, that needs fuel all yeah. the time, you know. So if you run out of fuel, it doesn't matter how fit you are. 
you cannot keep going especially in, in like in such a, in such a long race um so consuming uh, consuming uh, it, it can be in, a, in in the form of energy gels some yep. uh, some people prefer to use energy gels some people use um like um carbohydrate powder that they add to their water you know uh, the water they're drinking uh some people eat real food like as in like you know sandwiches and things like that so, so there are different different ways to do it but Again, it would all depend on what you've been what you've been doing because you need to train your body to digest uh, while you're running. You cannot just start doing this on the race day, um, so you need to do that in in your training and your long runs and all of that. Um, so making sure that you're getting enough fuel during during the race is very important. Um, another thing would be um, never never try anything new on the race day. Um, and uh, that means don't don't run in the new shoes. Run in the shoes that you've 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 used before, and you know that uh, you're comfortable with. It's not causing you any pain or any like kind of discomfort. Um, you don't use don't run in new running shorts or new shirts or watch or uh, don't eat something new that you're not used to. Like even if at the aid station, if we offer you dates and you you haven't tried dates while running don't eat the dates just eat pick something that you're comfortable with um like um mainly because you don't want any surprises any surprises to happen you know like because if if you're if if you wear a shoes that that's new and you're running 90 kilometers and 20k and you realize actually this shoes is rubbing against my toe and it's causing me discomfort and my skin is irritating my skin and this is going to turn into a blister you know later like 10k later and then you're going to be you're going to have to run the last 60k with blister on your foot and you know so so this is why it's important to make sure that everything that you're like you're you're using on the race day is something that you've used before and you're comfort you're comfortable with and is there any more spaces that, or is it full now uh, we've it, we, the registration is still open it will close pretty soon uh, so we're nine days out now so i'd expect to close registration in the next three or four days okay yeah okay and and how would they how, how would they read about this how would the, have you got a website We've got a website. Our website is called Qatar Ultra Runners, and uh, this is like uh, the team of our uh, name as well. And over there, you will find uh, the, the the race page. Uh, you will find everything you need to know about it from A to Z. Um, you know all the information about uh, about the race, and you also have like previous uh, previous uh, races as well. The results of the previous races. If you want to look at the times. Uh, you have the pictures and, fo- and videos from the previous races. Uh, you have the course map of uh, of the race to see if you want to see exactly where you're going to be running. Um, and you'll find also all our other races as well because we have a couple of other races coming up this season. So you can read about them as well on our website. Where do you go from here? Uh, in terms of... In terms of this, this thing that just keeps <laughs> on growing. It's... Have you got any plans? Any what are we? Is it just going to get bigger and bigger? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, again, the, I just like ultra running. The sky is the limit, you know. Like we want to attract more athletes from uh, from outside uh, from outside Qatar. Uh, we have we have actually many athletes coming from uh, this year from Saudi, from uh, Kuwait, from uh, um, Emirates. Like the Gulf, the Gulf countries. Like there are a couple of uh, you know ma- many athletes are coming from there. Um, uh, our goal is to make the Qatar East West um, an international uh, running race because every country or the countries that have big ultras like the Qatar East West, 
they're like they like for example you have a, a race called Marathon de Sable in uh, in in Morocco and uh, it's one of the biggest ultras in the world and you have thousands of people and it's that race is about it costs about four thousand dollars to sign up for the race Whoa. our race costs less than a hundred dollars you know so so that other the marathon sable is 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 really really big you know um and it, it it's uh, it's good for morocco that you have like all these thousands of athletes yeah. coming co- coming to do the race um you have uh, like uh, like in, in every country you can point at one ultra distance and say this is uh, the big the big ultra in this in this country and then it promotes running obviously um you know for for the country so we want Qatar east west to become uh, to become uh, an international running race that everybody knows about all over the the running communities in the world and to come to Qatar specifically to do the Qatar East West. It, it seems like you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's going to be next time you come on, it's going to be thousands. <laughs> there is no reason for that not to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm sitting with, with somebody special now because you've also become an ambassador. Yep. <laughs> What's that all? What the, how did that, that the ambassador for... Asics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so ASICs uh, um, have something called uh, ASICs Front Runners, and ASICs Front Runners is like an ambassadorship program where uh, they pick people in different countries to represent the brand in the in the country. Um, so uh, they've been in, in the Middle East. Um, they've been in Dubai for uh, for quite some time. Uh, they have a big team uh, in Dubai, and recently, and they have now they have in Saudi and Kuwait and uh, Qatar as well. Um, so Qatar was uh, signed up just um, last winter. So now we're approaching our first year anniversary with uh, with ASICs. Um, uh, so in Qatar we are five uh, five ambassadors um, representing representing the brand the brand in Qatar. Asics uh, first uh, official store in the Middle East just opened in Qatar. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, Festival City. And right? Festival City. All on your just, social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, two weeks ago. Um, and um, I can I gotta say we we really have been enjoying that uh, that experience. Um, uh, the the the, man- the management team in Dubai are also runners, um, and this is what I love about it because everybody we're dealing with they're not just uh, sitting in offices giving instructions. They're also runners who you know are on the road and you know getting their hands dirty. <laughs> you know. Did you did you did you know that they're sponsoring me too? Are they? Yeah. Not to put any of their clothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> not to wear any of their clothing. <laughs> or trainers. Oh, they just on. said, just stay away from these, please. <laughs> I will sign you up for the next, for yeah. the next year's uh, sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Islam, it's been so good. It, it really has. And I know we've got cameras here, but it's been so nice to look at you and, and, and talk about all those things. And you have done a tremendous job. I appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm really happy to be uh, back here and to see you again. And uh, you really bring out things that I don't I don't normally uh, think about. Your questions are really like trigger these little uh, well, thoughts I, in my head. I know that we spoke about this before about preparing questions and preparing these. I I I, I just can't work that way. But but <laughs> when I sit down with you and I know your background and I'm following you and we're kind of I I, I love everything that you're doing. So I know all about you. I know your, your the things that you're up to. And the things that you've done magnificent with 
I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And uh, and yeah, like uh, our conversations are always uh, spontaneous, uh, and this is what I like about it because I really I really come here and without uh, something specific in mind uh, to say. But uh, you open the doors and you, uh, you take me to these different uh, you're places. You're doing a fantastic job, and and what you do, and I I, I can't get this over, and I'm going to do a piece of camera in a minute, but. Um, you do magnificent things, honestly, and you change people's lives. You really do, and I know I know the things that you do. You, Karen, and everybody else out there that's that's working in these clubs, this tri uh, the triathlete club, and and all that. You're 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 magnificent. You really are. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, everybody, I hope, I really, really hope you enjoyed this one because it was really special. And, and, and I'm going to keep on saying about the making a difference. This guy is making a huge, huge difference. And I want to say to you, he said there's there's 50% of people that's always going to help somebody. Be one of those 50% because there are people out there that just need a handshake, a smile, a bit of advice. Be one of those people because this is what you can do when you do do something like that and you can generate from just a small number to something magnificent. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Congratulations. Everybody, thanks for listening for this one. Um, it was a special one. It was like going back into old times for me. Um, my journey began with you. Um, I think you were about the fifth podcast. So it's, it's, it's brilliant that, I've, I've, that you've come on again. Thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to being here again in the future. Good luck with the race. Thank you. Thank you. Good on you.